is to know universal bereavement and inspiring achievement yes we all will go together when we go we will all go together when we go all suffused with an incandescent glow no one will have the endurance his insurance lloyds of london will be loaded when they go and if we're in luck, I'm going to have a guest on today from the beginning for the first hour and a half, and then I have some concluding reflections about a dear departed friend of mine who had the heart of a lion who fought for truth about Sandy Hook, but in the end, my fear is he was taken out. More about that by and by. Uh, uh, Kevin, are you there? Uh, it's an angel. Hey. Yes, Good. yes, Jim, yes. I'm here. My dear friend is known as Activist Angel, and I'm so pleased to have him here. Can you turn up your volume at all, Angel? I don't know if I have that capability. Let me see what I can do. Okay. Well, that's what, I, that's what I've got there. Good. Very good. That's better. That's better. What you have okay. there is better. Let me just mention, good. before we begin our conversation, that I have done... Uh, an hour-and-a-half review about Las Vegas with uh, Brian Rue, R-U-H-E. Uh, so you can find it if you go to the Brian Rue, R-U-H-E show, uh, a new update on Las Vegas shooting with my name. And I'd like uh -huh. it to get, uh, uh, I'd like as many, this is uh, for the audience generally, uh, Angel, uh, I, I'd like any of you who have any doubts about Las Vegas to go there, check it out. There's people who complain that uh, I am exaggerating when I say that nobody died in Las Vegas. But the fact of the matter is I produce proof after proof after proof. We've looked at 33 videos. We hear lots of sounds of shots. We see no one being shot. Uh, we have a, a, a medical surgeon's report of reviewing the videos of patients in hospitals. He was forced to conclude none of them had real wounds. They were all acting. It's confirmed by an American trauma surgeon who reinforces that the, he's not only correct, but they aren't even connected to the diagnostic equipment, not even blood pressure or IV drops. I, I recently went down to the ur 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 urgent care center here uh, about 10 miles from my home because I had lost my balance just to make sure everything was okay. Within five minutes, oh. they had me connected to the to the blood pressure device to monitor my blood pressure, but that didn't happen with the victims of uh, Las Vegas. The three closest hospitals received no patients, no gunshot patients. If there had been some, uh, you know, over 50 killed and over 500 wounded, they would have been flooded with patients. Uh, there, there's proof after proof after proof, and I produce them there. I go through 150 slides in 90 minutes. And what I want you to do is to think this through and uh, give comments about uh, whether there's any good reason to believe that anyone died there. I have a, a, a really skilled researcher by the name of Mona Alexis Presley who's been going through the obituaries and finds they're all fabrications or made up for persons who died in different states or on different dates or for different causes of death. I mean, it's fairly appalling. The deeper you dig into it, the, uh, the Las Vegas coroner's office was closed. That's for Clark County. They were closed. I'm convinced they were closed because they had no death certificates or, or autopsy reports to release. 
I believe because of that criticism, that obvious objection to the theory that this was real, they had the coroner's office put out a list of names and attribute to them causes of death, like shot in the head or shot in the chest or, in one case, shot in the leg. They have one woman who died from being shot in the head three times. Well, let me give you a clue. If you're shot in the head by a high-velocity weapon of these kinds, you don't have a head left to be shot a second or a third time. This appears to be an ad hoc stopgap measure that's intended to make the public think this is the equivalent of death certificates or autopsy reports when it is not. This is another sleight of hand being perpetrated by the deep state to make us believe Las Vegas was real. I just invite you all, go through it when you have the time. Uh, do yourself a New Year's treat. Go through it, take the hour and a half, and then add your comments and tell me whether I made the case or not, what else you think, whether there's any evidence you can see that anyone actually died. I even give you, you know, a, a video that's online where a director, a crisis director, has two of his uh, actors redo their scene during the shooting to get it right, okay? I mean, I'm telling you, some people think that, yeah, there were fake elements, but, but there were real killings, but, but that's not actually a coherent story. Uh, we have three bodies being transferred from a funeral home into the back of an ambulance to be presented as though they were victims. We have, we have Intel Hub thinking they've discovered a mini coup that there were, uh, was a mini slaughter at the, uh, Hooters in Las Vegas because there were 17 ambulances out front. But when you go back and take a look, it turns out that there are a whole bunch of very bored crisis actors sitting inside with sheets on them. Uh, check it out. Take a look. Uh, we have, so far as I can see, there's no good reason to believe anyone was shot. And just to emphasize, when you hire crisis actors and Crowds on Demand was hiring crisis actors 15 days in advance, you can't afford to have real bullets. If one of these guys who you hired to be a crisis actor is shot, there's going to be hell to pay. It's going to blow the whole thing open. You won't be able to recruit. It's like, uh, you know, more crisis actors for future events. I mean, it just isn't coherent to claim some people were killed, but the whole thing was faked otherwise. That doesn't hold together. And in fact, it's even a principle in the law that if you have a material element of a case that is a fabrication or fake, that the whole case is dismissible, that fraud vitiates everything. So I want you to think as carefully as you can about that. Consider that my New Year's present, namely this this hour and a half interview where I go through 150 slides. You should find answers to all your questions, but if you don't, add to the comments. Now, Angel, I'm really pleased to have you here. I thought we'd take this opportunity to talk about, you know, what you see is going on in the world. Uh, what you think Thank of, you. Uh, you know, the Trump administration, world affairs, you can start anywhere you like. I'm just delighted to have you here. Well, thank you. It's, uh, it's been a pleasure to work with you, and it looks like all of our efforts are bearing at least some fruit. It's been fascinating. Now, uh, Jim, uh, tell every, your listeners where they can find that again, everything, those slides. Give that URL before I start talking again. Oh, sure. Brian Rue, R-U-H-E. Just put in Brian Rue, R-U-H-E, comma, Las Vegas, and you'll have it right there at your fingertips. Uh, Great. I, I've and that's done... at YouTube or it's a website or what? 
Yeah, that's a YouTube on his website, but I did previous. Go. I did previous with him with Brian Rue on nine eleven and on JFK, and I'll Good. be doing future with him as well, including on Sandy Hook to give a comprehensive update. Because when I uh, most recently reviewed the Sandy Hook evidence, uh, the, the 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 I wasn't able to to uh, capture it as a video, as I've been doing with most of my shows, which are then subsequently posted at Gary King YouTube channel. So I'm going to do a comprehensive update on Sandy Hook with Brian Rue in the near future. But in the meanwhile, just put in Brian Rue, R-U-H-E, comma, and then either 9-11 or JFK or Las Vegas, and you'll have it there. Thanks. Thanks, Angel. Very good. Yeah. Well, it's uh, it, it's fascinating. You're such an encyclopedic. Uh, uh, it, I mean, your facts are amazing. But I just finished a book called Win Bigly by Scott Adams, the author of Dilbert, and it's uh, subtitled Persuasion in a World Where Facts Don't Matter. And uh, his case for the fact that our emotions run things much more than our intellect uh, is uh, rather persuasive. And uh, to that end, I want to really mention my my the most interesting part about the Vegas shootings to me is that we listen to all of these sounds of gunfire constantly, but not once do we ever hear the sound of a bullet striking anything, nor do we hear the sound of a person screaming in agony. Somebody would have screamed. So at some point in time, during all of those um, audio, that phony crisis act audio, somebody would have screamed their lungs out, rather than just been perfectly shot dead like all the kids at Sandy Hook. Well, I think it was a, a, a little more subtle than that, if I might. I mean, it appears that the pre-recorded soundtrack they were playing over the PA system, which was very high quality. I had an expert on audio-video testifying to that effect uh-huh. on my last show on uh, Rance on the 19th of uh, October. Uh, uh-huh. uh, 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 this was the last show because although I'd explained to him I was going to be leaving, uh, Scott Bennett and I were going to another network on the first. Nevertheless, he gave me the boot for contesting his theory that it was all real and that Muslims did it, which I has no foundation whatsoever. I mean, this is beyond that. That I think is one of the most fascinating things for us to talk about because something's going on in the truth movement. That little rift between you and Jeff Rents was telling in many ways, of many things that I've seen go down as at long last, it looks like the war between the good guys and the bad guys behind the scenes is going on, and there seem to be some battles being won by the good guys. You know, especially, you know, we've got Joaquin Hagopium, you know, writing his book on pedophilia and empire, and um, the arrests happening all over the globe, the shakeup in Saudi Arabia. But boy, that, that, that thing with uh, rents reminds me of what happened with Veterans Today, uh, and you and uh, Barrett and uh, and Bob Foote, Gordon Duff, uh, and all those. We've got this, and I remember you being uh, one of the first ones that you had this fantastic blog once about all the onion layers and false leads that they lay down. And it seems to me as if this Vegas shooting is almost a textbook exercise in cognitive dissonance, right? I mean, it made it all the way to Tucker Carlson and Hannity and everybody's going, why are they telling us what this doesn't make sense? Uh, many people said there were several shooters, uh, i.e. there were gunfire sounds coming from different places. No? Uh, so I'm, I'm just fascinated by what I see as some kind of, I don't know, popping of the giant 
zit of this horrible um, uh, nightmare of uh, uh, control over all we see and hear Twilight Zone business that's going on that seems to have had its symptomatic, uh, um, you know, one of its symptomatic things come up in that strange, strange rift between you and Jeff Rents. Yeah, I want to go into that with you, Angel. That's a really interesting angle because... Uh... I've been on with Rents. I've been on his network for two years. The first year, my show, The Raw Deal, was on Tuesday and Thursday for one hour. The second year, it was on for two hours. Uh, he would yeah. frequently have me on his own show. I was a regular, as I recall, the first and the fourth the Thursdays, but he'd sometimes have me on two or three times a week on his own show in addition to my show. And when this emerged this way, it, it seemed to me, and I'll be fascinated to hear your evaluation, he was trying to find an excuse that he was so embarrassed that Scott and I were going to be leaving for another network that he wanted to have an excuse to explain it away, and that he therefore... Really? Could, yeah, and that he contrived the idea that he had a reason to fire me I mean, look at this. He also fired Scott, even though Scott hadn't said a peep about Sandy Hook to him or on his show. Scott and I had done with Kerry Cassidy on Project Camelot a fairly extensive review uh, of the sort that I'm now updating with this new review with uh, Brian Rue. But he also fired Scott, which, I, you know, I think that's very telling. I mean, both of us should have been on the air up until the 1st of November. It reminds me of taking out witnesses to something very serious. It reminds me of, because Rents is obviously, he's one of the most well-known, second maybe only to Alex Jones. And, uh, and we're seeing, uh, it, it was, there, was, there was something more going on there than just wanting an excuse to fire you and Scott. Uh, you know, more like muzzling you because you were, you know, like uh, similar to the time that Bob Foote uh, took off all your, uh, you know, every single thing you'd ever written for Veterans Today, uh, and you almost lost it uh, yeah. permanently. Yeah, uh, because... yeah, that's really extraordinary. Uh, he invited me to join as a journalist in 2011. By the time of our falling out, which was over Jade Helm 15, as I recall, yeah. it was like around May of 2015. He didn't want me to publish about Jade Helm. And I thought that was outrageous. He'd already censored another author who was also a former Marine uh, over his article about Jade Helm by putting up a, a, a critical note from him as a senior editor and from Jim Dean as the managing editor uh, criticizing him for talking about it because it was supposed to be an ordinary training op and I thought that was outrageous and published my article denouncing the idea that this was an ordinary training op and spelling out how we knew it was not. I went on that evening with Stu Webb and was talking about this and discovered the next morning he'd, he'd taken me out as a journalist. It would be a couple of weeks later when I noticed he still had my name on the masthead, uh, which I thought was misleading because that implied yeah. I was still there and active when he'd actually taken yeah. me out. And I suggested, uh, Gordon, don't you think it's time you should take my name off the masthead? He not only did that, but he deleted all 150 articles I'd published since I'd come on board, which I thought was truly outrageous, unbelievable, unprofessional, contemptible. I mean, I was disgusted. 
And it was only because it, it, it had such a powerful impact on their viewership. I mean, they have may have dropped as much as 50% of their viewership that the editorial board voted to uh, reinstate my articles. And then as quickly as I could, I moved as many of them as I could off of Veterans Today onto my own blog. And when subsequently he got pissed off at me again and, and re-deleted them now permanently, you know, I at least had been able to retrieve the vast majority. Uh, was a, that was a fascinating study because, you know, Veterans Today is where I first, you know, met you when we first interviewed each other. Gee, that's not four years ago or something like that. But you know my opinion that Veterans Today is, lit, is designed to have the veterans look away from anything they might be able to actually do anything about. It's designed to have them look overseas. Uh, it says vaccines are just peachy. It says chemtrails are a big phony. It says uh, ETs are demons in Christian mythology. Uh, it, it, it's, it's, uh, it, it, it doesn't. It, 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 it literally steers veterans far away from anything domestic that uh, they might actually be able to stand up, you know, or you know, wheel their wheelchairs in and uh, and say, you know, I'm not going to take this anymore. And um, uh, now, uh, in the beginning, when you started this show, you said something about some veteran researcher um, in the Sandy Hook situation. Uh, well, uh, I want to ask you about that in a minute. But uh, this, this, um, the Jade Helm thing that happened with you and veterans today, I really believe that what we're seeing happen is a huge citizens' investigation and analyzation. Uh, uprising that is stopping false flags from being accepted or uh, or are able to carry on with whatever their narrative was, um, uh, and this ridiculous Las Vegas thing was so full of BS and so full of holes, and every single twist plot from whether from where the patsy guy made his money to whether he shot himself or somebody else shot him uh, uh whether his brother was involved in child trafficking you know me i think it all boils down to the child trafficking in the end i think i think it's at the root of 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 really all of this i think Joaquin Agopian is beginning to agree with me um and the and whatever their goal was with this vegas thing i don't think they achieved it I think they muddied the way, unless, unless their goal was to completely get people so confused that they stop paying attention to anything, I'm, I'm not really sure. And, and then to see Jeff Rents seem to be a part of that cognitive dissonance, uh, things are just coming to a head in the world, I, I, not, nothing I've ever seen before. I, I, think, I think there's something to what you're saying, Angel. In fact, I had now... I mean, long since before this conversation arrived at the same conclusion that Veterans Today was a PSYOP, uh, Gordon had admitted to me very openly he was longtime CIA, that he was even 20 years on the Libya desk. In fact, uh, prior yeah. to this thing over Jade Helm, the only uh, case in which he had uh, uh, not wanted me to publish concerned Libya, which disturbed me tremendously at the time, uh, not enough to have, you know, the full-blown uh, uh, blowout that would eventually emerge where I published my views about Libya on another international website. I, it may have well had uh, more viewers and readers than it would have had on Veterans Today. 
But I believe that Gordon is actually running veterans today as a, as a CIA psyop to manage veterans' attitudes, just as you're suggesting. I think you're exactly right, so that they won't become concerned about issues where they might really make a difference. I mean, I think you've delineated exactly the correct conception that I have reached about veterans today. So we're in 100% agreement there. And so now the question is, um, what is uh, what what happened to rents? You know, did he uh, uh, was, was he compromised like so many of the commenters, you know, on his show say um, uh, uh, it, 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 it seems so easy to do these days where we, we, we lost them. Now, let me get back to you mentioned the Sandy Hook researcher. I really would like to hear your update on either Wolfgang or James Tracy. Uh, the, not, the, it's not one of those that you're talking about that you can't find, is it? No, 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 no. This is about w William, oh, okay, William Shanley, who actually was a resident of Connecticut. He was a producer, uh -huh. director, and author, and he'd been very outspoken about Sandy Hook, I mean, he understood it was a hoax. I'd sent him, he wanted to send copies of the book to, to many prominent people, and I had facilitated that happening by getting the copies into his hands, giving him, you know, what he needed for postage and shipping and all that sort of thing. He'd also been uh, striking out against Wayne Madsen, whom in the past I've held in a very high regard, but Wayne Madsen started uh -huh. attacking me for my research on Sandy Hook, the Boston bombing, and so forth, as though those had been real events, which caused him to fall into question in my mind. And Shanley was very aggressive in tackling uh, Wayne Madsen uh, in, the, in, in his own blog. I mean, he has, I guess it's a, it's a subscription-only thing that Wayne Madsen uh -huh. has, for Wayne Madsen reports. But if you're a subscriber, then you can participate in the comments and exchange, the discussion forum. And Shanley was very aggressive in going after Wayne Madsen, which I'm sure pissed him off very, very much. In some cases, he even published uh, stuff I asked him to publish because I was not a subscriber about taking to Wayne to task. I mean... We'd had such cordial relations that on one occasion when I appeared at the at the uh, National uh, Press Club to give a talk about JFK, for example, Wayne Madsen came to my talk. When I or when I yeah, we'll be right back. Okay. Was it a conspiracy? Did you know that the police in Boston were broadcasting This is a Drill, This is a Drill on bullhorns during the marathon? 
that the Boston Globe was tweeting that a demonstration bomb would be set off during the marathon for the benefit of bomb squad activities. And that one would be set off in one minute in front of the library, which happened as the Globe had announced. Peering through the smoke, you could see bodies with missing arms and legs. But there was no blood. The blood only showed up later and came out of a tube. They used amputee actors and a studio-quality smoke machine. Don't let yourself be played. Check out And Nobody Died in Boston Either. Available at moonrockbooks.com. That's moonrockbooks.com. What the heck is the Truth Jihad? Hey, I'm Kevin Barrett, host of Truth Jihad Radio. Federal prosecutors, Department of Homeland Security agents, and curious passersby often ask me, just what is this Truth Jihad thing anyway? Well, everybody knows what truth is, but jihad is a misunderstood term. Jihad means effort or struggle. The greater jihad is the struggle to be a better person, while the lesser jihad is the struggle to defend the community. Prophet Muhammad, peace upon him, did say that the best jihad is a word of truth flung in the face of a tyrant. And that's what we do here at Truth Jihad Radio. Every Friday, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern, 5 to 7 Pacific, right here on Revolution Radio. Find some comfort at Willow's World, a variety of news, commentary, and poetry at Willow's Poetry Corner, where there are comfy cushions and a tempting selection of delectable comestibles, a show that's quirkily and quintessentially British, with a unique twist featuring Willow Andreessen, your host. Join Willow, Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. EST, Studio B. The opinions expressed on this radio station, its programs, and its website by the hosts, guests, and call-in listeners or chatters are solely the opinions of the original source who expressed them. They do not necessarily represent the opinions of Revolution Radio and FreedomSlips.com, its staff, or affiliates. You're listening to Revolution Radio, FreedomSlips.com, 100% listener-supported radio, and now we return you to your host... Well, this is Jim Fetzer, your host, continuing my conversation with Activist Angel, where we're reviewing some of the events, uh, encounters, episodes, and my dealing with various hosts and experts and authorities on different issues. In particular, we've been talking about Gordon Duff, whose real name appears to be Bob Foote, long time with the CIA, and how... Veterans Today, which he manages, appears to be intended to control veterans' attitudes so they won't get involved in issues uh, where they might actually make a difference. Uh, we were talking about William Shanley in relation to Wayne Madsen, whom, you know, Angel, it's peculiar. I used to describe Madsen as our nation's leading public intellectual. When I, uh, yeah. when, when Stephen Francis yeah. uh, proposed a, a Midwest uh, 9-11 truth conference in Champaign-Urbana. Uh, the first was a very modest affair. There were only three participants. Kevin Barrett hosted. I used the first hour to show architects and engineers a uh, uh, one-hour version of explosive evidence, their theory of how it was done. Uh, I spoke the second hour to critique it and explain why their account about the use of nanothermite 
couldn't possibly explain the, the the demolition of the twin towers, which are blowing apart in every direction. The buildings are being converted to millions of cubic yards of very fine dust. When it's over, there's nothing in the footprint. Had there been any kind of collapse, there would have been massive stack of debris in the footprints. Contrast with Building Seven which isn't blowing apart in every direction, which isn't being converted into millions of cubic yards of very fine dust. And when it's over, there's a stack of debris or pancakes, typically floors equal to about 12% of the height of the original. Since it was 47 floors, that was five and a half. If you applied the same standard, which we know to be the effect of controlled demolitions with buildings, casinos, hotels, stadia, and the like, we should have had like 13 and a half floors for each of the Twin Towers at 110 floors. So it was no collapse that took took out the Twin Towers. And anyone who, it, it's a hard habit to break because the, the government and the reports so often use the word collapse. But the, the, the buildings aren't collapsing. They're being destroyed. They're being demolished. But they aren't collapsing. They're being blown apart in every direction, which requires a very powerful source of energy. And frankly, the nanothermite that architects and engineers continue to tout to this day is a feeble explosive. It only has one-thirteenth the explosive power of TNT, which is the universal standard. This required far greater sources of energy and in fact, it appears to have been done with a sophisticated arrangement of mini or micro nukes. These are relatively small devices. They came from these uh, Davy Crockett recoilless rifle tactical nuclear warheads, which were given to Israel in the numbers in the hundreds where the Israelis refined them and then brought them back to the United States where they were used to demolish the Twin Towers. They have a dialable radius. You could set it, for example, at 100 feet and put them in the core columns. <coughs> and because the width of the buildings is 208 feet on the side, you'd have a 200-foot uh, diameter, direct them upward, and you could take out floors uh, after floors. A, a simple model I give though it's it's not accurate to the observational data because it was done in a more complex fashion, but would be if you took the North Tower, for example, and had these devices set to take out one cube of 10 floors per second, then since there are 110 floors, at 10 floors per second, that would take 11 seconds, which is what the government itself, NIST, the National Institute for Standards and Technology, concluded similarly with the South Tower because... The top 30 floors or top three cubes tilt and are blown as one, nine seconds, which is again in agreement with the NIST and where the U.S. Geological Survey conducted dust studies from 35 locations in lower Manhattan and found elements, barium, tritium, uh, lanthanum, lithium, a whole host of these that would not have been present in their quantity and in correlations had it not been a nuclear event. Plus, of course, we have a great many, you know, civilians in the area, residents, first responders who suffered debilitating diseases like multiple myeloma, leukemia, esophageal, pancreatic cancer, the sort of... Uh, medical maladies associated with exposure to ionizing radiation, very similar to Chernobyl. 
And in fact, the first action that was taken by the government, in this case the mayor of the city, Rudy Giuliani, whom I'm sorry to say had to be deeply involved in this, was to bring in 115 dump trucks, not only to, to haul out the waste, which was objected to by the fire marshals and so forth because they wanted an investigation before it was all hauled away, but he was bringing in tons and tons and tons of dirt to put over the debris pile so that, oddly enough, over the first several days or so, the debris pile actually grew because of the addition of this massive amount of dirt that was used to absorb the radioactivity, just as was done at Chernobyl. They brought in tons and tons of dirt. So, you know, I, I worry about architects and engineers, but to complete the story, they had the, I used the first hour for their one-hour video explosive evidence, second for my critique of what they had wrong, and how, you know, we know about the, the planes, that all four of the air, aircraft crash sites were fabricated or fake. But the third hour I gave to uh, Wayne Madsen, who talked about three, in my opinion, rather obscure figures and, and their purported ties into 9-11, which I thought was a bit odd. I guess now in retrospect, maybe it wasn't so odd if Wayne is actually seeking to conceal uh, you know, these uh, staged events like Sandy Hook and the Boston bombing, uh, there may be a role for him in relation to 9-11 as well. In any case, that was the first Midwest 9-11 Truth Conference. I would organize a second. About a year, year and a half ago, you can find online, uh, the, the Midwest 9-11 Truth Conference 2, Roman numeral 2, which actually has 14 different parts, where I had a, a dozen or more participants, including engineers, structural, mechanical, and so forth. Really pretty fascinating. The first half of it was devoted to how it was done, the second half to who was responsible and why, where I think the most glaring, uh, obvious indication that both Judy Wood and architects and engineers are limited hangouts, meaning they're willing to go part way in exposing the truth in order to avoid going all the way as a distraction, is that neither of them well, will talk about who was responsible and why. I'm sure you've observed that yourself. Yeah, well, and, uh, as long as you mentioned Judy Wood, you know that Chance George of the Chance George blog and I, you know, both uh, think that, that there's more to the story and that, you know, I know you appreciate it when people say, boy, I think you're wrong, Jim. But now that I'm in California and um, the evidence of directed energy weapons being used in these California fires is absolutely indisputable. It got so big that one of the major fire captains in Northern California uh, mentioned it uh, as well. Um, and if you look at whether or not they might be microwave weapons, um, then the dumping of aluminum in our skies by what they call chemtrails, but is really the covert or not so covert geoengineering, lays the groundwork for um, those weapons to be more effective since they aren't going to make living tissue burn, but they sure can make aluminum light up like, can't, like, like fire. Um, uh, one, one thing before I want to get into the big picture, I'll, you know, if everyone's thinking of veterans today, just go look up uh, Gordon Duff's, what he, quote, stunning keynote address, unquote, and then actually watch the thing. Uh, he, I mean, he called it the, the stunning keynote address for like two and a half years until, uh, you know, in the comments section, which they removed, uh, several of us pointed out that he rambled on for seven minutes on a microphone with a bunch of people at a, at a large uh, dinner table with everybody gabbing around him. Um, I'm interested, Jim, in 
some of the bigger picture stuff here. Yeah, let me because, just make one, one addendum here before you proceed, because I want to go the direction sure. you're moving. Uh, you, you did not hear the show on Tuesday, but I brought in Chuck Baldwin, who's a retired high school physics, math, and chemistry teacher, who's done some really brilliant work about adducing proof that it did, indeed 9-11 was a nuclear event. You can find at uh, 911scholars.ning, N-I-N-G dot com. Uh, the, the fact is, uh, Kevin, uh, that there's no indication that it was done with directed energy weapons on 9-11, unless it was a complementary role. I don't know of any oh, evidence. Hang on a minute. I don't know of any evidence we can't explain on the basis of the mini micronuke theory, which... Uh, I know. Yeah, but... but well, Chuck was coming on specifically to talk about the use of directed energy weapons in relation to the California fires and how the fact that the the chemtrails had been dropping all this, uh, it appears to be a combination of barium, strontium, and aluminum, and that the aluminum yeah. was interacting with the directed energy weapons to create these incredibly intense fires. There were 100% in agreement. Yeah, yeah. And you wonder who got a hold of them. Um, uh, my suspicion is that the drug cartels in Mexico uh, got powerful and enough money to get some because what they destroyed were um, the uh, most of the major marijuana uh, crop operations uh, in Northern California and then here in Central California in the Ventura fires, which is very, rather close to where I am. Uh, that's, just, that's just my suspicion, that, that, uh, uh, that not only the one faction or the two factions within this battling you know, spaghetti soup of conspiracies uh, that um, we see going on. Uh, but but uh, other people are able to go to the arms merchants and say, hey, you know, I'd like uh, one of those DEWs myself. I'm going to, you know, see what I can do about getting rid of my competition uh, in Northern California. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I'm, well, I'm well, 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 well. It's possible, but you know, I, well, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm right? of the inclination that it had more sinister. I've seen the report that it was the drug cartels who were worried about competition, but uh -huh. uh, I think this may, in fact, be an Israeli op. You know, one of the ways they're punishing the United States for not delivering up Syria on a silver platter as part of the really? post 9/11 agenda, for which, in fact, or it was organized and carried out. Or there's somebody's house they wanted to destroy, and it wouldn't have worked for them to just beam it down on one house, right? They're willing to take down an airplane to take out a senator. They're willing to take out, you know, make the largest fire in, in California history in order to take down who, know, who knows what their thing was. But there's a, there's a bigger picture that I, 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 you know me, I always like to try and get to those. And, you know, as far as Sandy Hook is concerned, it really did a highlight on the fact that Whoever it is that, whatever you want to call them, Cabal, Illuminati, Deep State, uh, Alphabet Agencies, uh, Rothschilds, whatever, they, whatever inroads they're trying to make in the destruction of the United States, the subjugation of the United States, and the, the, um, the destruction of the values of our Constitution, Connecticut seemed to have been a beachhead for them because all of the evidence shows that many of the participants uh, in the Sandy Hook hoax um, won the lottery several times in a row. 
and got free houses on Christmas Day, and um, boy, we know the governor was in on it, and boy, we know, you know, and uh, it, it's all, it reminds me of Chicago. You know, whatever the hell is going on in Chicago, it's some beachhead to put U.N. troops in here. You know, they put that horrible, you know, Raul, um, uh, you know, the godfather of the Clinton crime family as a mayor in there, and uh, and then it's just become, I, I mean, it, it sounds like Chicago's just this nightmare, and then you've seen the pictures of the U.N. vehicles being stored in Maryland, right? Yeah. 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 The, yeah, the, so, uh, yeah I've, I've, I've never been quite sure what to make of those U.N. vehicles. I mean, we've had them before, yeah. Angel. We've seen photographs of these U.N. vehicles before. I mean, over the years, intermittently, I've seen photographs of these U.N. vehicles. I've never really been able to figure out what to make of it. What, what, what is your interpretation? Once again, I think we're seeing a, a war where battles, uh, where it ebbs and flows in battles. And yes, they would like to come in and take over the United States. Yes, Jade Helm was uh, very likely a, uh, a staged drill event that could have gone live that I believe you might very well have prevented almost personally, along with all of the people that were willing to, to scream red flag, red flag. And I think the Vegas thing, you know, um, you know, the evacuation of the Saudi prince notwithstanding and the, um, the, whatever the machinations of the, uh, uh, the Mandalay Bay and the casinos and all that kind of stuff, whatever their goal was, other than just a terror event that would distract people from the current corruption revelations, I don't, I, I don't think that was all their goal, and I don't think they achieved their goal. And I, I think that the U.N. may very well have a bunch of vehicles parked, dreaming of getting in. But, uh, and, and then it gets back to pedophilia and empire. We, we know the U.N. is famous for its peacekeepers going in and being a part of the child trafficking ring all over the place. Um, we, we look at, at, at long last, the stories of Afghans' uh, boy rape culture are coming out. Uh, uh, it's just like, it's, it's understood. And then, for God's sake, we have somebody like Peter Thiel coming out in a major paper and saying how excited he is about the new young blood possibility to make him younger. Uh, and and if, if we really look at the idea that they are actually on television, on what they call the mainstream media, which I don't call the corporate pedophile Satanist media, they're actually coming on and saying, I remember seeing a compilation of uh, lead-ins from anchors, and every one of them was going, Fountain of Youth? Have they found the Fountain of Youth? Oh, no, no, the Fountain of Youth. You know how they do that, where there's a, a different anchor from every different station said Fountain of Youth, and then they went on to toot this wonderful new idea that young blood... Uh, and there's a startup company selling young blood, and I don't know. Is there nobody else out there that has read any Robert Heinlein? That you know, the master of slippery slope of where things can go. I mean, the idea that that somebody should be in um, such a poverty state that they would either have to sell their children, their blood, or their bodies, or their organs, is one of the biggest. Um, uh, 
I don't know, evidence for the extreme efforts to keep people impoverished, the extreme efforts to keep wars going, so there are refugees and refugee children coming out. But these people are coming out of the closet. I mean, Taco Bell has an Illuminati uh, thing. Uh, several entertainers are, are flat out you know, saying, I sold my soul to Satan and wearing goat's heads in their, in, in, in their videos. It's, uh, we're, we're just really seeing this intense war, and I think Joaquin Magopian is, is, is on to it. He's right. We're talking about thousands of years of um, the rape of children and now the um, stealing of their blood and organs has been going on for a darn long time, and I, and I think the collective soul of humanity is vomiting and and saying we, we we can't take this anymore and the financial criminals are maybe I, I I'm dreaming they're being let off the hook you know you know me I've called for a truth and reconciliation commission and finally that idea Robert David Steele has been tooting that idea um, you know I hit you and Kevin Barrett up with the idea on one of the shows a while ago but if we can get if we can let the financial criminals off the hook and the blackmailed people off the hook and just get the blackmailers, we might see a huge change in this world because these people have been forced to support these wars so that there are child refugees and poverty and, uh, uh, and, and of course, profits for the war industry. I think we're seeing at long last... Uh, uh, the, the, the these revelations come and uh, look what it's doing. It's uh, all of a sudden Google and Facebook and Twitter, which you know anybody with a brain realizes can't possibly be sustainable financial models with the amount of money they have to put into you know to, to what they do, uh, being exposed as the private entity censorship models and you know Big Brother models that they are. Uh, 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 God help us! I, I hope the calls for um, you know calling them a utility or creating alternatives uh, uh, pan out. But um, you know, as as you well know, I've been calling uh, for for years uh, for a deeper investigation into these child uh, sex rings and the part that the the um, alphabet agencies and the Mossad and the CIA, the part that their um, uh, honeypot. You know, videotape blackmail operations play in the unbelievably extreme corruption that we have uh, going on in uh, amongst what they call our elites. Well, I don't know that you've heard any of the shows I've done where I discuss pedophilia, but it's obviously a major mm. problem worldwide. And oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, when the Anthony Weiner treasure trove first came into the hands of the NYPD, there were lots of uh, leaks about it. And when I did an interview with NYPD Gold Shield detective Jim Rothstein, who, to, among his mm. other claims to fame, arrested uh, Frank Sturgis when he came to New York to murder Marita Lawrence so she couldn't testify to the House Select Committee on Assassinations in their reinvestigation of the death of JFK and was taken into wow. custody by him and his partner. I asked him, uh, since he had been involved in cracking many pedophile cases in New York, only to find the district attorney would not take them to the grand jury on the basis of political or other considerations, whether he was surprised by what I told him about the Wiener revelations, which was pretty disgusting stuff, and he said, no, he wasn't, because based upon his experience, 70% of the American political elite 
are engaged in pedophilia. And, you know, that, that's just staggering, but I think it's borne out. And I am hopeful of the reports I've received about which I've not been able to give, uh, you know, make a much uh, in terms of emphasis because it, it's a bit mysterious that, that there may be as many as 10,000 sealed indictments that have been handed down uh, by a grand jury as a result of the Mueller investigation, which uh, on this variation of the theme was actually a sting appearing to be going after Trump and his entourage for non-existent Russian involvement, actually going after Hillary, Huma, Bill, Podesta, you know, Tony, Podesta, and a host of others for their involvement in, in pedophilia and other outrages. And I'm only hopeful that this turns out to be true, because if in fact Trump is really draining the swamp, which obviously was one of his major campaign pledges, then that will make him a hero to every American who cares about their country absent those who are going to find themselves, you know, under indictment and where we already have at least three prominent figures wearing these boots. Hillary Clinton is yeah. wearing one of these boots. John McCain is wearing one of these boots. There's another yeah. very obnoxious woman member of the House that I thought was very strange wearing one of these boots. That That's yep. a, an indication that it might actually be true. Uh, Angel, and if it is, it's going to be absolutely stunning. It's going to be a major political I've, turning point in the history of the United States. I've heard that too, but then again, we have to look um, at uh, you know. I mean, on a side, I I I've I've heard that three D chess or four D chess idea as well. But considering the fact that Mueller was head of the FBI during nine one one, it leaves me a little bit less hopeful. But it's time to start thinking about the psychology of everything. You know, um, uh, we've got people that we've got a country that cannot, does not want to know that 911 was an inside job, does not want to know that nobody died at Sandy Hook, does not want to know that, that um, uh, it was the soldiers going door to door looking for a boy in a boat uh, is, is not a good thing. And then, uh, you know, the people at the top that are trying to end these these dreadful uh and it's not pedophilia it's child rape and sacrifice they're satanic um and and ritual abuse and they they um you know even hunter s thompson in you know mentioned uh adrenochrome which is some chemical you get out of the adrenal gland of a child that's been tortured uh, i mean uh, if these if some of the things that i've heard and that made me sleepless at night are true I can understand where the white hats that are behind the scenes that are trying their best to end these themes. How? What do you say to the American people? You know, and you know, if you're trying to bring Hillary Clinton down, and she obviously has the goods on that entire seventy percent of the government. You know, suddenly we'd have no Congress left. You no, know, I, I I wonder sometimes whether they're trying to do some sort of end run and, and, and let as many of the medium fish off the hook as they can, or they're going to try and get everybody with financial crimes in order to prevent them from doing their, uh, you know, not quite dead man switch uh, and exposing all the pedophiles. If they put uh, Clinton away for, you know, the money laundering scheme, she's not going to, you know, pull down the curtain on all the, 
pedophiles in Congress, or the people that have been compromised in in other ways. You know, you know, they they. Um, it's a dark night. They have a prostitute. They think it's an adult. Somehow it turns out to be a kid. They get pictures. I mean, the the, the stories I've heard about the intense efforts to blackmail our politicians. But I remember in our shows early on, I kept saying there's two words that we're not hearing anywhere from anybody, and that's bribery and blackmail. And they were talking about everything else that they could. But uh, I, you know, the the, the, the roll up in Saudi Arabia. We know that. You know, you know, you know. My experience with that child sex cult in um, uh, in southern Utah, the fundamentalist Mormons, you know, that kept the girls and sold the boys. You know, I we know they went to the Middle East, and so you know, uh, I'm boy, I'm with you. I'm hopeful that those boots are real, that the Mueller sting is real, and that the good guys are the ones that came out on top in Saudi Arabia. Well, the boots are real. So, you know, that to me is a yeah. sign that something very strange is going on. You know, McCain tried to explain it away that he injured the toe on the one foot. And then later we find he's the boot is now on the other foot. Uh, yeah. uh, apparently it just was uncomfortable enough. Hey, hey, we'll be right back after the talk, okay, after the break. break. Okay. reported today that their population is evolving rapidly and advancing into a fifth dimensional consciousness. They are seeking peace with all cosmic cultures, which may mean that the Earth will be asked to join the prestigious Galactic Federation of Light Alliances. Please join Debbie West and Michael Hathaway on Lost Knowledge. Saturdays, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time in Studio A for the latest breaking news on the Star Visitor's peaceful contact and the ongoing project of cleansing the Earth. Who are you? I am the architect. I created the Matrix. I've been waiting for you. Why am I here? You are the eventuality of an anomaly which, despite my sincerest efforts, I have been unable to eliminate from what is otherwise a harmony of mathematical precision, which has led you inexorably here. You haven't answered my question. The Matrix is older than you know, as you are undoubtedly gathering the anomaly is systemic, creating fluctuations in even the most simplistic equation. Choice. Problem is choice. Right here at Revolution Radio, freedomslips.com. Be here Wednesday evening at 8 p.m. Eastern Time for Private Eye Matrix Revealed with Monique Lassonde. 
Even the government admits that 9-11 was a conspiracy. But did you know that it was an inside job? That Osama had nothing to do with it. That the Twin Towers were blown apart by a sophisticated arrangement of mini or micro nukes. That Building 7 collapsed seven hours later because of explosives planted in the building. Barry Jennings was there. He heard them go off and felt himself stepping over dead people. The U.S. Geological Survey conducted studies of dust gathered from 35 locations in Lower Manhattan and found elements that would not have been there had this not been a nuclear event. Ironically, that means the government's own evidence contradicts the government's official position. 9-11 was brought to us compliments of the CIA, the neocons in the Department of Defense, and the Mossad. Don't let yourself be played. Read America Nuked on 9-11. Available at moonrockbooks.com. That's moonrockbooks.com. <coughs> Hello, my name is Mr. Rowe. I am the host of Reality Extraction. On Revolution Radio at freedomslips.com, I utilize logic, intellect, and magic to methodically autonomize, vivisect, analyze, examine, study, scrutinize, and extract an essence of reality from a fog of illusion and confusion. You can find me on Studio B every Thursday at 1700 hours Pacific Time. That's 8 p.m. Eastern. No topic taboo, no subject too strange. I strive to take a neutral standpoint during the dissection of the topic at hand. That's Reality Extraction with Mr. Rowe on Revolution Radio. This is Thomas, a.k.a. a mad painter. I'd like you to join me Monday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for Open Canvas. Don't forget to bring an open mind. Yes, folks, that's right. Bring an open mind to an open canvas. Again, that is Monday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern. You opposed government corruption. This is Revolution Radio, freedomslips.com. You don't need to expect us. We're already here. Moscow's freeze, that's your cerebral cortex, looking for an answer it doesn't have. See? Even your brain knows you're screwed. The blood is filling with adrenaline right now, whether you know it or not. The heart's beating fast. It's giving a little harder to breathe. The neurobiological system is telling it to run, but your knees are too weak to move. Fear is not real the only place that fear can exist is in our thoughts of the future it is a product of our imagination causing us to fear things that do not at present and may not ever exist that is near insanity do not misunderstand me danger is very real but fear is a choice we are all telling ourselves a story listening to Revolution Radio at freedomslips.com. 100% listener-supported radio. Reporting the danger. Unafraid. Right here, where information never sleeps. Revolution. Revolution. Radio.
The opinions expressed on this radio station, its programs, and its website by the hosts, guests, and call-in listeners or chatters are solely the opinions of the original source who expressed them. They do not necessarily represent the opinions of Revolution Radio and FreedomSlips.com, its staff, or affiliates. You're listening to Revolution Radio, FreedomSlips.com, 100% listener-supported radio, and now we return you to your host... Angel, you're going to love this. I checked my email during the break, and uh, there's a new article on Before It's News. Military strategist says deep state is very real, and I believe Donald Trump is in the process of taking it down. Uh, This is featuring uh, Robert David Steele, so I'm sure you're going to find it of great interest. But, I mean, he's saying, for example, that deep state is all about keeping fascism alive, that Bernie Sanders was a co-conspirator to undermine the American election with Hillary Clinton, who's at the intersection of treason, pedophilia, charity fraud, election fraud. Al Gore got $100 million to give the election of Bush and Cheney, 1%. Mm. That means feel privileged to drink children's blood. I've made the point in the (laughs) past, Kevin, uh, uh, Angel, that I believe these aging women like Hillary Clinton and Nancy Pelosi uh, believe that by drinking uh, the blood of children, they rejuvenate themselves and that they are very deeply involved well, in all these most grotesque pedophile they, activities. They, they, don't, they don't drink it. They use it parabiosis. They have it done medically, and they have it inserted into their bodies almost certainly. But, you know, it's interesting. You know, I probably only have about a little over 20 minutes left. Um, so I want to take this to another level since it's my, you know, Chance and I uh, had to sit you down, in a, uh, you know, so to speak, and get you to really look at the evidence that we're not alone. And in our little break here, one of the commercials was, you know, help us, you know, join the Galactic Federation. Uh, if you have not, Jim, if you have not seen, every time prior to the last month that there's been any article about anything having to do with ETs, UFOs, aerial phenomena, uh, involving anybody big, the word crackpot, the word lunatic, the word tinfoil has been used. But we've seen articles in Newsweek, Business Insider, New York Times, uh, the the Telegraph, um, uh, uh, huge people coming forward and getting us ready for the idea that we're not alone. And those of us in the in the community um, are, uh, you know, we wonder whether the difference will be. Do they get to present a limited disclosure that supports their agenda, the they being whoever, whatever they you want to call it, or will it um, you know, escalate into a full-blown disclosure because of those of us that have been on this subject for so long? And you know, that gets to the, the huge question that, uh, again, is one of my biggest ones, is the psychology of the matter. We've got, um, uh, they have been kept, they've kept the secret from us for all this time, not just because uh, they wanted to hang on to certain types of technology and not let it out because it would upset their financial apple cart, like anti-gravity and free energy, or basically free energy, but because they claimed that people were not psychologically ready for the idea. But uh, what we've never seen, I mean, those of us in, in the community, Jordan Sather, Chance George, of the Chance George blog, 
and uh, and and uh, many of the others in the community are are seeing disclosure like we've never seen before. Something's going on in Antarctica, and the hu- there's this huge huge debate on whether or not the, the, uh, there are evil ETs that suck up e- hurting energy, or whether you can't really get to that level without recognizing a basic universal fact, and that is that we are all one, and you can't really harm another being without harming yourself. You literally can't understand the physics of space travel without getting that, which is Dr. Stephen Greer's contention. Uh, and uh, and considering, you know, I, he ought, oughtn't be ignored, but boy, many of the researchers that I know are telling us, well, there are good ETs and negative ETs, and, and this debate is, is becoming fundamental, because uh, if, if we're not the only people in the universe, and in fact, there's a macrocosm and a microcosm, and there are midwives out there, and we're a pregnant planet, and we're about to be born then it could mean that love is something that is ubiquitous in the universe and not just found here on Earth between, you know, people who, you know, care about each other, but is a galactic um, phenomenon and that, and that, you know, the, the contention that, you know, um, Fukushima, Fukushima would have been an extinction-level event if not for the intervention of these beings, you know, and the technology that they have, which is, you know, basically alchemy, you know, which can, you know, they can, in fact, add or detract protons, which can, you know, undo radioactivity. Uh, but we're, we're, we, we've never seen anything like it. Something is coming. A- absolutely. I mean, have you been following that at all since Chance and I did our best to red pill you on that subject? Well, the deal is this. I, I have never uh, denied or been inclined to, uh, dispute the prospect that we had been, had some encounters with extraterrestrials. And of course, bear in mind, the whole idea of unidentified flying objects doesn't quite get to the point because there are all kinds of flying objects that are unidentified. That doesn't mean they're extraterrestrial, which is the real issue. Yeah. I've been convinced even by the Roswell documents I've seen that appear to be completely authentic that something very odd did happen there in, what, 1947 or so? And that the government has been covering it up. Now, uh, I'm involved in research on so many different issues. Uh, JFK, 9-11, Wellstone, Sandy Hook, Boston bombing, Charlottesville, now Las Vegas. For me to tackle that in addition would be, you know, frankly, just overloading what I'm capable of doing. So I'm open. I remember you saying that. I remember you saying that to Chance and I. And, and again, you know, he and I are both in agreement that, that it, this is such an overriding issue. And many of those events uh, and, many of the, and, and many of the events that go on on the planet tie into that so intimately because of the revelation of, uh, you know, like Stephen Greer said, it's not whether they're here, it's how they got here. And the idea that we could see a radical transformation in the world with the, um, uh, the gift of nearly limitless energy allowed to go, I mean, uh, we'd, you know, that would be the end of the Middle East dictatorship. That would be uh, um, the, well, the, the, the end of the poverty that allows them to be able to uh, abduct children and, and get their blood in their little secret laboratories. Well, please know 
and you can share this with Chance, that I am completely open-minded about exploring it further. Oh, of course. That I'm, yeah, Good. that now that I'm getting used to being here on Revolution Radio, I'm inclined to think that uh, 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 on Thursdays I want to regularly feature guests, just as you have set a sterling example here, that I would like to well, uh, interview Chance, among others in the future, and if you could reach out to Wonderful. him and see if he'd be amenable to coming on the show. And I'd do it oh, for, the, goodness, yeah. for the whole show. Like, you know, I would keep you for the final half hour if you could stay, but I know you have a yeah. conflict today. And I'm going to use yeah. that occasion, therefore, to memorialize this uh, magnificent guy who has now departed this earth. But look, just know I'm totally open-minded to it. I'm willing to explore it. I'll be glad to feature guests who address it. And you can no doubt suggest to me some who might be very good candidates for me to interview Great. on my own show. Great. And, you know, and, and it gets even deeper. I've been going back to some of my esoteric studies and um, uh, what, you, what you might call spiritual studies. And now that there are several people talking about the idea that this may be a simulated reality, um, uh, it, it, whether or not that's true or uh, you know, uh, provable or even has any evidence well, toward it at all, there's still the ancient idea starting from Norman Vincent Peale, I mean, you know, uh, you know, including Norman Vincent Peale and ancient texts, that our thoughts uh, can affect the reality around us, and we can transform the world around us using uh, the power of our thought combined with the engine of our emotions and intentions. And I've been really thinking very much about um, uh, what, where to steer that in my own life as I you know, battle with the evidence that, you know, you know, Joaquin has uncovered and many of the brilliant researchers have, uh, have uncovered. I mean, how do you, you know, I have sung for uh, New Thought churches all my life, and I, I'm a songwriter, and, and you know that, and, uh, and I sort of lost faith after seeing some of the evidence after, the, you know, around the election of how deep the, um, the child-raping Satanists go. How in the world do you reconcile something like that with any idea of some sort of loving universe that you create yourself? And you know, and maybe oh. it's like a book or a story where, where you know, it's it isn't any fun to read a good fantasy book where everything happens peachy dandy for the hero oh. and he you know grows you know hydroponic crops it, and feeds his kids and everyone has a good time. You well, know, angel, uh, just a. Go ahead introduce a, a, a word of caution. I mean, these are classic philosophical issues, reality and illusion. Yep. Could everything we think we're living through be nothing but an elaborate dream? Descartes questioned Fair whether we could be misled in all of our thoughts by an evil demon. I mean, this is all stuff with an ancient history. Uh, I yeah. think it's highly unlikely given my own research on the nature of mind and, you know, artificial intelligence, computer science and the like, evolution and mentality, that, that human thought is able to change reality. It's able to affect the way we perceive and react to the circumstances in which we find ourselves. But I would uh -huh. regard it as a considerable stretch that's unlikely to pan out to go so far as some of the, you know... Uh, conjectures you're articulating, which is perfectly fine, 
because I believe we need to explore all the alternatives. You know, uh, uh, we don't want to leave any stone unturned with regard to understanding the nature of reality and where man fits into the broader scheme of things. I'm just expressing a note of caution that some of those claims are, in my opinion, very unlikely to pan out. On the other hand, the idea that there may be, you know, an extraterrestrial presence here that's making a difference, that's something I'm completely open to and don't have any, you know, reservations about entertaining uh, I, yeah. I, I've just done so much about developing a completely causal theory of mind uh, within a completely causal framework, meaning a, a completely scientific framework for locating man's place in the universe, that I'm, I'm averse to uh, uh, claims about kinds of interaction that do not appear to me to be causally possible uh, with a proper understanding of the nature of mind, of laws, and, and of reality. I'm 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 with you, and I know how you think, and uh, and I I I realize that your position, which is why it's so much fun to bring up the subject with you, because you know I don't know what's true in that regard myself. I only know that it's not just you know Norman Vincent Peale's The Power of Positive Thinking. This is this goes way 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 back into many esoteric teachings and occult teachings. But I'm with you. I think there's plenty in the actual physical demonstrable universe that is, that is is fascinating enough and important enough to look at and 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 again the the pre, the fact that we're not alone in the universe which is something that I've been, you know, talking about and researching since the mid 80s when I worked with Bill Cooper. You know, uh, you know, because he, you know, he's the first one that went around the whole country with his lectures, saying, you know, this is what the, what the scoop is. But you know, I mean, there's, you know, enough evidence to suggest that keeping that secret uh, might have been one of the re- one of the many reasons that the cabal took out JFK, and one of the many reasons why we continue to see wars, why they have wars in certain places, um, uh, even run by some good people. Because you know, uh, chance has made the suggestion. Other people have that there are that it's believed that there are certain places where artifacts from ancient civilizations exist archaeologically, and whoever controls that region might potentially be able to control. I don't know, Stargate, uh, what they might think of as a weapon, an energy source, some of some such thing like that, and you know, now culminating in whatever they've got in Australia because they've got, I mean, uh, Antarctica because there's something going on down there that, uh, uh, yeah, and and uh, it really is. It I, we've never seen anything like it. I'm I just wanted to make sure that in the last couple of minutes that I'm here, uh, that I that I re- remind you that that is. Probably the most important research issue in human history. You know, if if we as a people can make it psychologically to accept the idea that not only are we not alone, but we have help, and we're not the only planet to have gone through these growing pains, then it decapitates. <laughs> an interesting way of putting it: those ridiculous Georgia Guidestone idiots who think that. Um, they have to reduce the world's population to half a billion people in order to save the planet, because no, if resources, if that, if, it, if that, if that resource equation changes with the introduction of technologies that uh, that really can 
preserve the planet from the ridiculous oil spills and nuclear accidents and uh, and pollutants uh, that uh, that currently seem to be destroying our beautiful Mother Earth. If that can happen, if that is true, then we have an opportunity to learn from them. And 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 I would posit that you know the prime directive probably is something that Gene Roddenberry you know, uh, you know, either divined or was told. And, and yes, it would be a rule that you can't directly interfere in the natural evolution of a species until they get to a certain point. And, and then, you know, it, it becomes, you know, okay, you've got to help them. You, you don't stick your hand inside the womb and mess with things. But when it's time to be born, yeah, you, it's time to step in and, and, and make sure that the mother and child uh, survive the experience. Well, let me just say that in my courses in critical thinking, I frequently use the cor- uh, uh, as a text, Frauds, Myths, and Mysteries, Science and Pseudoscience in Archaeology, which I just looked up, is now in its eighth edition by Kenneth Fetter, F-E-D-E-R, which talks oh. about many of the ancient relics and faces on Mars and that sort of thing. And it's a very, yeah. very good uh, analytical dissection of a lot of these issues to help to keep our feet on firmly grounded uh, in reason and rationality. Uh, uh, but, you know, I'm open-minded uh, to new hypotheses, new evidence. I'm glad you brought up so many of these issues. Uh, I'm very, very pleased, and I really do think now that this is... Uh, uh, the way for me to go by featuring a guest on Thursdays to have a conversation like right. this, and I'm just delighted with having you for this. Uh, you're actually, Thank old, you. uh, yeah, no, it's been a, a real delight, Angel, and I'm glad you mentioned so many of the issues you have because they're yeah. important ones. Maybe you'd close with a few reflections about this b- breakdown or conflict within the truth community. At one point, you were going to pursue that and didn't have a chance. Um, the well, thing, with, the thing with rents, the thing with rents, the thing with uh, uh, Gordon Duff and so forth. I mean, you, you have felt it, there's it, something... It has, to, it has to boil down to the two B words, Jim, in some way or another. Bribery and blackmail. Something's going on with rents. I mean, there's no reason for him to ignore somebody of your stature and intellect and encyclopedic, you know, uh, retention of knowledge uh, when it comes to an issue such as that and just say, oh, you know, I know somebody who knew somebody. Uh, it, it, something's going on that we don't know, and it's worth exploring and keeping in our, keeping in our, in our consciousness. But, uh, but w- without a shadow of a doubt, I think compromised isn't a, a, is a word that might very well apply to the situation. Well, I've certainly... I, um, and I've, I've looked at my uh, traffic things for my appointment, and I have to go, but I'm um, just... Uh, uh, word to you, you've met my son, and I know you're very proud of him, and uh, he just got his grades for his first semester in college, and two A's and a B, 3.45. Really good. That's really That's good, really... Angel. That's really sensational. Yeah. I'm so glad you've been able to join us here. This is just absolutely yeah. wonderful. Thank uh, you, sir. What a treat. And uh, you're, 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 you're my hero, you know that. And uh, I, I, I look forward to staying in touch and watching how things continue to unfold, you know. Well, you speak to Chance and ask him if he'd be up for coming on as a guest in the future. I have now several in mind, and I think he'd be wonderful. Wonderful sequel. I will, I will most definitely do that and get back to you. Sensational. 
Well, Angel, I can't, right. I can't thank you enough for coming on the show. Great. Take care, all you listeners. Okay. Take care. Bye, yeah, Jim. Great. Hey, have a great new year, 2018, Me Angel. You too. You too. Yay, Christmas is over. I can get to the new year part. Terrific. Okay. Wonderful having you See here. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, this is a fellow I've known for quite a few years who's uh, uh, very broad-ranging in his interests. Uh, Chance George, whom he mentioned, was the producer of a show I did, a video show called The Real Deal, uh, for like two and a half years. You can find many of them online until the government decided that The Real Deal was apparently too threatening, and they actually physically cut the Internet cable uh, from uh, Chance's home where he had his studio producing the show not once, not twice, but three different times. Uh, it became impossible to continue so that I now have the ability to record myself. Uh, but there was a whole history here of like 215 real deal shows that were two-hour video shows, and they included a lot of sensational stuff. I interviewed the I interviewed the leading expert on the death of Princess Diana, for example. I interviewed an expert on World War II to get a better understanding of uh, what had happened to Germany in the aftermath of World War I. I've done interviews with leading experts on false flag attacks and related issues, such as Nick Kohlerstrom, Ph.D., who's the world's leading expert on the London 7-7 subway attacks, where his book, uh, Terror on the Tube, is now in its third edition, where Nick has also published a very powerful critique of the end of World War II and the mythology that has developed there, where he was able to use the uh, what were known as the British death books, where uh, the UK had cracked the German code. The Germans were very meticulous in keeping documents and records, uh, and he was uh, following, studying, pursuing all the documentation they had about the labor camps in Germany, which became uh, uh, trans, transmorgified, you know, reinvented into uh, d death camps, you know, concentration camps, when they were labor camps. And we, we have so much evidence to substantiate this. Nick has a completely brilliant book called Breaking the Spell about it that lays out a mass of evidence and confirms the uh, records of the International Committee of the Red Cross, which was visiting all of these camps, and which in 1993 recalibrated their figures and discovered that the total number of deaths from all of these camps combined was uh, 296,081, where they had the, the age, the sex, the race, the ethnicity, the religion of all of those and their, and their cause of death. And the number of that uh, 296,081 who died from being put to death in gas chambers was zero, zero, zero. If you want to get insight into you know, what has happened here, uh, you could hardly do better than read the piece by Robert Forasson, The Ernst, The Sundell Trials, 1985 and 1988. I'll be right back. <laughs>
listening to Revolution Radio at freedomslips.com. We'll be right back after this message. Were they conspiracies? Have you ever wondered if we really did go to the moon? If Paul McCartney died in 1966 and was replaced by an even better musician, did you know that Saddam Hussein died in a B-1 bomber strike on 7 April 2003 and was replaced by one of his doubles, who was put on trial and hanged in his place? Or that Osama bin Laden died in Afghanistan on the 15th of December 2001 and was buried in an unmarked grave in accordance with Muslim traditions that the raid in Pakistan was faked? There's more, including four chapters about the end of World War II, which prove that events we've been taught were very different than we have been told. Don't let yourself be played. Read, and I suppose we didn't go to the moon either. Available at moonrockbooks.com. That's moonrockbooks.com. We talk about decentralization and then an idealization. Bitcoin, Litecoin, Minecoin, your coin, blockchain, baby. Mondays at 1600 hours Eastern Studio A. Looking for a nightcap to fill your listening needs? Come join us on Spaced Out Radio with me, Dave Scott, right here on Revolution Radio. Monday through Friday for three hours a night, starting at 9 p.m. Pacific, midnight Eastern, we will take you down the supernatural path. From ET contact to the paranormal and all of the spiritual, cryptid, and conspiracy stories in between, you can find us right here on Revolution Radio at spacedoutradio.com, on Twitter at spacedoutradio, and on Facebook at Spaced Out Radio Show. Spaced Out Radio, it's a night of talk and interaction. Are you experienced? Even the government admits that 9-11 was a conspiracy. But did you know that it was an inside job? That Osama had nothing to do with it. That the Twin Towers were blown apart by a sophisticated arrangement of mini or micro nukes. That Building 7 collapsed seven hours later because of explosives planted in the building. Barry Jennings was there. He heard them go off and felt himself stepping over dead people. The U.S. Geological Survey conducted studies of dust gathered from 35 locations in Lower Manhattan and found elements that would not have been there had this not been a nuclear event. Ironically, that means the government's own evidence contradicts the government's official position. 9-11 was brought to us compliments of the CIA, the neocons in the Department of Defense, and the Mossad. Don't let yourself be played. Read America Nuked on 9-11. Available at moonrockbooks.com. That's moonrockbooks.com.
The opinions expressed on this radio station, its programs, and its website by the hosts, guests, and call-in listeners or chatters are solely the opinions of the original source who expressed them. They do not necessarily represent the opinions of Revolution Radio and FreedomSlips.com, its staff, or affiliates. You're listening to Revolution Radio, FreedomSlips.com, 100% listener-supported radio, and now we return you to your host. <laughs> I still get a boot. I still get a boot out of that. Uh, I still get a boot out of that. You know, bringing us back in with a applause track. Uh, just for the uh, record, then to tie together, you can learn more about uh, the research that Nick Holstrom has done in this uh, very controversial area. Uh, from an introduction on my own blog, The Holocaust Narrative, Politics, Trump, Science. It'll give you a thumbnail sketch of what you need to know if you want to get your history straight based upon empirical evidence, scientific reasoning. I think you'll find a, a convenient introduction there where my second book, actually, uh, and I suppose we didn't go to the moon either, was banned by Amazon.com just last year at the request of the uh, ADL, which is, you know, like the intellectual arm of the Mossad, uh, that it's an enforcer of, you know, uh, Jewish political dogmas. And the fact of the matter is that they asked uh, Amazon.com to ban any books that discuss the Holocaust, and they banned hundreds of them. And because the Moon Book had four chapters on the Holocaust, including this one, uh, it took the hit along with everyone else. So it turns out that no longer in the United States are you entitled to read whatever you want to read, or shall we say, buy books, whatever books you want to buy, because Amazon is exercising a censorship role here that is, in my opinion, completely undemocratic and un-American and contrary to the search for truth, we should be able to get exposed to all points of view and have the opportunity to sort these things out for ourselves. In fact, it's one of the ironies that the deep state seeking to use uh, the, the notion of fake news as a way of channeling uh, our, our attention away from stories that are, in their opinion, in you know, are, as I see it, inconvenient truths in relation to the political agenda of the deep state, had begun flagging stories with a little red flag. But as I mentioned on Tuesday, it turned out to have the opposite effect than the one intended, so that instead of getting fewer hits, those stories were getting more hits. Instead of getting fewer shares, they were getting more shares. Because people now had a very convenient guide to which stories were the hot stories that the deep state didn't want you to read. So they've now abandoned that method of flagging the fake news stories, which really were the stories that were presenting more accurate information than the deep state wants you to know. Well, they've undertaken many other methods and techniques, and it looks to me as though they've gone completely hysterical over Sandy Hook. Whereas I have mentioned before, and no doubt will have occasion to mention again, someone has actually been coming into my blog and taking down images of uh, 
you know, Noah Posner turning into Michael Vabner, his older stepbrother, as an illustration of how they fake the kids at Sandy Hook. Uh, as a good friend of mine who's very deeply immersed in the study of intel activities has uh, 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 remarks, this is a confirmation by the deep state that I've got it right, that if I didn't have the nail hit right on the head, they would not be doing this. And uh, Wolfgang Halbig and I both appeared on Caravan to Midnight uh, this past Saturday night with John B. Wells. And Wolfgang was on the first hour. I was on the two and a half hours following that. And because it's now video as well as audio, I was able to present slides in relation to many of the stories I discussed, which included updates about Sandy Hook, uh, the Boston bombing, uh, Charlottesville. Las Vegas, and JFK. So any of you who have the inclination, it's a, it is a subscription event. You can subscribe to all the shows for a year for 60 bucks, or you can do a lesser and more ad hoc basis. I think you could get this one show for like three or four bucks. I don't know if you want to bother or not, but I'm just letting you know that it's out there because Wolfgang mentioned uh, during his talk about how he had found a photograph of eight of the Sandy Hook girls grown up. In other words, these are eight girls for whom they created fictitious victims at Sandy Hook by using photographs of the girls when they were younger, just as they did with with Noah Posner. Well, I've embedded them in the blog I now want to review with you about this wonderful guy, William Shanley, who was really a, a, a champion of the unfettered search for truth. I've mentioned already how he was uh, going after Wayne Madsen for attacking those of us who have exposed the truth about Sandy Hook. And what you want to bear in mind is that there's a very deep, philosophically significant, methodological difference at the core of this, which I explained in my recent blog, which if you haven't read, you don't want to miss for Christmas, why we need more conspiracy theorists, because it turns out that the conspiracy theorists are actually more intelligent and open-minded and less gullible than the average uh, 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 public, and most certainly uh, are more dedicated to truth than their, their counterparts who are attempting to suppress their work. Uh, I lay it out there and explain the difference between the confirmationalists who are simply looking for confirming evidence, whereas in the case I use as an illustration, you can find billions of confirming instances of pennies as evidence for the proposition that all pennies are made of copper. But if you uh, uh, adopt the falsificationist methodology by testing an hypothesis by attempting to prove that it's false, you could, in rapid order, turn out the counterexample that in 1943, because of shortage of copper, pennies were made out of, I have previously said lead and been corrected, steel. They were made up out of, made out of steel. I remember as a kid, I had a penny collection, and it went back, I don't know, 1901, maybe it went back earlier. I don't recall off the top of my head. I had uh, hundreds of pennies. And that 1943 stood out because, of course, it was not copper. 
Well, Sir Karl Popper, the great British philosopher of science, advocated falsificationism as the proper scientific methodology for testing hypotheses and theories that you can't simply take what ordinarily passes for confirming evidence to heart, that the only evidence that ought to count in favor of an hypothesis or theory is evidence that results from attempts to falsify the hypothesis or the theory that are unsuccessful. In other words, you tried to refute it, you couldn't refute it, that's reason to think that it may be true. There may, of course, be alternative ways to refute it that you haven't figured out yet, but that the right way to proceed is not by naively simply taking for granted that the evidence you presented is authentic, where I illustrate in that particular blog how by adopting a falsificationist methodology we discovered that the JFK autopsy x-rays had been altered by patching the lateral cranial x-ray taken from the right side uh, where there was a fist-sized blood at the back of the head. But David W. Manick was able to apply a method from physics known as optical densitometry and discovered that it had been that area of the x-ray was much too dense to be human bone and appeared to have been uh, patched by using a material that was simply the wrong thickness, which allowed us to identify it so that when I discovered that in frame 374 the Zapruder film, you can actually see the blowout when we compare the area that he had uh, identified using optical de densitometry. There's a very close correspondence and where my search was part of the effort to uh, falsify uh, the claim that y you can't see the blowout anywhere in the Zapruder film, where it occurred to me that they might have focused so much on early aspects, early parts of the film, that they overlooked that it might be visible in later. And now Larry Rivera has discovered that Jackie's gloves, she was wearing white gloves at the time, actually in even earlier frames provides a, a backprop against which you can see the definition of this very large defect in the skull of JFK. You can, you can define it against the background of her white glove. So if you, for example, go on to the Brian Rue JFK, you'll find in my two-hour discussion of JFK, I embed the, you know, the, the discoveries we made about the alteration of the x-rays, about how the Zapruder film has been massively edited, where I now surmise that while we have 487 frames in the extant film, that the original would have run about 1,000, so that there are more frames missing uh, that are available in the from the original that are available in the present version, and I explain what's missing and why they had to take it out, but also document you know how you can find against a Jackie's white glove a definition of the defect which you can actually see in later frames. Anyway, this falsificationist approach is really sensational, and it enables us to get to the heart of the matter about JFK to the heart of the matter about 9-11, where it turns out, for example, that the official account of the plane, the, the Boeing 757 at the Pentagon, where it's supposed to be approaching at over 500 miles an hour and barely skimming the ground, taking out a series of lampposts, this is the official government account, is not even aerodynamically possible because of the effect of what is known as downdraft, sometimes called ground effect, uh, 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 the laws of aerodynamics preclude 
of that plane from reaching closer to the ground than, say, 60 or even 80 feet, which is higher than the Pentagon is tall, since the plane has a 125-foot wingspan, what we're talking about is that plane could not actually get closer to the ground than a wingspan. It could not possibly be skimming the ground. And this is one of the litmus tests you want to apply. If you're being given a story or an account you're supposed to take seriously that entails violations of laws of nature, the laws of physics, the laws of chemistry, the laws of biology, in this case the laws of aerodynamics. You know for a certainty that that account is false, cannot possibly be true, because that would entail violations of laws of nature which cannot be violated and cannot be changed. So there is one litmus test. We have another of course, in, in New York City, where Flight 175, in this case a Boeing 767 as opposed to the 757 at the Pentagon, is flying faster than is aerodynamically possible at that altitude uh, for a Boeing 767, where they took the cruising speed at 35,000 feet and applied it at this lower elevation of 700 to 1,000 feet, where the air is three times denser. So that pilots for 9-11 Truth have produced a documentary about 9-11 entitled 9-11 Intercepted, where they explain that a Boeing 767 traveling at that speed, uh, at that altitude, would have physically come apart. Now these are just a couple of illustrations how you can tell that the government is lying to you, and lying to you big time. Well, here's a guy who was opposed to lies and wanted to get out the truth about Sandy hook. You can find it on my blog, dated Monday, December 25th. William Shanley, The High Cost of Seeking the Truth About the Sandy Hook School Shooting. Now, you don't have to put all that in. You could just put in William Shanley, comma, but you do need the name of my blog, jamesfetzer.blogspot.com. And I hope you will, uh, you know, have the opportunity to review this for reasons that will become apparent. I want to go through the blog as a form of memorial to this man whom I admired greatly. He did a special guest op-ed for the Fort Fairfield Journal in New Hampshire, which published it on the 4th of April 2016, a date I recognize because I have married twice and my first marriage occurred in Las Vegas on the 4th of April when we eloped. Here's the story. Special op-ed. The High Cost of Seeking the Truth About the Sandy Hook School Shooting. Fort Fairfield Editor's Note, author and documentary filmmaker William Shanley, who once wrote news at CNN and was a broadcast technician in Jimmy Carter's presidential campaign, found himself homeless last October after a run-in with the government for questioning the official story of the Sandy Hook School shootings. Before the run-in with the government, he had filed a lawsuit in federal court suing individual members of the corporate mainstream establishment news media for complicity in helping the United States government perpetrate, perpetuate the, the myth that the Sandy Hook school shooting in Newtown, Connecticut was, uh, shootings were real and that real school children actually died there. There's a photograph here of him uh, with a copy of the online version of his Fort Fairfield Journal News article, one of the few actually carried by a print newspaper at the time. This is now William Shanley. 
My sister is a recently retired superintendent of special ed who, along with other members of my family and all of my lifelong friends, abandoned me through my three times being imprisoned for four months, followed by seven months of homelessness after my landlord evicted me while in prison, even though rent was paid. With all of them thinking I was truly insane, I am now being forced to sue to get a lifetime's work of prop worth of property back, including all my creative works from 49 years working in media. My documentary, America's Divine Comedy, which follows Dante's journal through the inferno, purgatory, and paradise of America's soul, had been in development since 2008. My medical trust provided $100,000 to buy the production equipment necessary to produce the film and pay for about 30,000 miles of travel to film interviews and execute field production. Now all that may be lost. I have not had access to any of my property since 30 December 2014, and it all may have been destroyed. All this for filing lawsuits against the news media for co-producing the hoax called the Sandy Hook Massacre, selling out the First Amendment, ignoring their role as government watchdogs in what I now call the Stepford State of Corruptacut, run by the Malloy mob and Obama's Chicago gangland goons. Now, here I introduce the photograph uh, that Wolfgang has had verified of the eight Sandy Hook girls, where you can see they're much older now in comparison to the photographs they, they use as, uh, to present them as victims of the Sandy Hook shooting. Shanley continues, Sometime I will write about being imprisoned in the belly of the beast in Garner Prison for the criminally insane in the IPM level, a place which has been described as the worst in Connecticut after death row on the grounds of the old Fairfield Hills Insane Asylum in Newtown of all the godforsaken places. That is where I was called the Sandy Hook Denier, held naked for four days and remained there for 43 days amidst inmates banging their heads against the walls, defecating on themselves and baying all night like Lucifer until I agreed to take their medication. Throughout it all, I felt that what I was going through was small in comparison to the men and women who have died and been maimed in Iraq, Afghanistan and America's other phony wars. You can read about the Manning memo. Manning was a top aide to British Prime Minister Tony Blair, detailing how George W. Bush, knowing that there were no weapons of mass destruction in Iraq, plotted to paint a U-2 aircraft with UN colors and shoot it down over Iraq to create the necessary provocation to invade. The late great Los Angeles District Attorney Vincent Gugliosi published a manual in 2007 for prosecuting George Bush for murder entitled The Prosecution of George W. Bush for Murder, but not one prosecutor in a thousand in the U.S. has seen fit to do so in nine years. There have been no congressional investigations, no hearings, nothing. After the complete destruction of a nation with the highest literacy rate in the Arab world, Thousands of American deaths, more than one million Iraqis dead, tens of millions of refugees. This is quite astonishing, and even more so when you consider that Bush remains popular among people in the military. And here I introduced the photograph showing how Noah Posner was created out of photographs of his older stepbrother, Michael Vabner, and a gif. Shanley continues. Through my long study of history and politics 
and this was to be documented in my film, the psychopathic leaders who infest the U.S. government and use it as their sock puppet have lied to the American people about every single major event of the 20th and 21st centuries. The sinking of the passenger ship, the Lusitania, it was outfitted with guns, launching America's involvement in World War I, Pearl Harbor, Churchill and sympathetic U.S. admirals within the Verona communications intercepts, withheld the Verona communications intercepts of Japanese cables from FDR signaling the attack because Britain wanted the USA to enter the war in Europe. Vietnam, it's well known now that the Gulf attack and uh, Tonkin attack was fake. The Russian invasion of Afghanistan in 1980, National Security Advisor Brzezinski sent in covert ops to overthrow the government to lure the Soviets to invade. Brzezinski has even bragged about how the million dead that resulted was a small past price to pay. Y2K, 9-11, Aurora, Sandy Hook, Charleston, San Bernardino, the list goes on and on. Al-Qaeda was a counter-gang created by the CIA, just like the Contras in Nicaragua. And ISIS today, the brainchilds of former U.S. ambassador to Iraq, John Negroponte, the father of the Contras under Ronald Reagan. I saw him once at a New Haven hotel. He sometimes teaches at Yale. I told him he was a war criminal. He laughed and said, oh, really? The good news is that people are waking up. But every time there's an event, such as a Boston Marathon bombing, Paris or and Brussels, the people believe what the media tell them. Today we're supposed to believe that 19-year-old Mason Wells, who was wounded in Brussels, was also in Paris at the same time as the bombing there, and one block away from the bombing in Boston. This is absurd. The odds against chance of him being in all three places randomly are so high as to be non-existent. But the newsreaders tell us this is a coincidence, a strange twist of fate. People believe the lies and the psychos get more and more security, more and more money each and every time with which to enslave the people. The late Helen Thomas covered every U.S. president from JFK to Obama from her front row seat in the West Wing press room. When I interviewed her in 2008 for my film, it had just been reported that it was documented that Bush, Cheney, Rice, and Powell had lied to the American people 935 times. Yet, she said it meant nothing. There was no learning. The news media continued to report what they said each day as if they were purer than Caesar's wife. Nothing was learned, so nothing changes. One definition of insanity is to continue doing the same thing while expecting a different result. As such, we can say the news media are insane and are conditioning the American people to be insane. One reason fascistic Donald Trump is so popular is because he's pulling back the curtain to expose the Wizard of Oz. Then there are those who think this whole conversation is a downer, and they just don't want to know. They think citizenship is like a delicatessen where you can pick and choose what you want while ignoring the rest without any responsibility to their community or even to their families and themselves. One old friend advised that instead of being no, so concerned about all the war, destruction, and deceit, that I sure not turn on the TV each day at 4 o'clock and watch Ellen. Such is our life and times in this theme park we call America. Editors note mine. William Brandon Shanley died on 6 November 2017. Friends of Will knew him to be a fearless seeker of truth, not only about Sandy Hook, but about all things worldly and unworldly. You can review his biography here. 
his lawsuit against the media created a sensation at the time about which Fort Fairfield Journal published the only balanced and objective story. While it never had a chance of success, it remains an endurance of enduring symbolic significance. And I also embedded there uh, a story published in the Hartford Courant. Malloy received Profile and Courage Award from JFK Grandson, which, to which I added the caption, The wicked prosper while the good suffer. This award should have gone to William Shanley. So as we reflect on the end of the year 2017 and begin the new year 2018, I want you to reflect on a, a magnificent human being who had his human foibles like the rest of us, including me, but had the heart and courage of a lion. His lawsuit against the media was for a trillion dollars. It created quite a splash in the news and reignited interest in Sandy Hook. He was defeated in his legal efforts uh, on the basis of, of a system uh, that is designed to protect the guilty and to defeat those who wish to expose them. I express my profound admiration for William Shanley, uh, my great appreciation of all of his efforts to bring about the truth, which I and others are pursuing in the same spirit because the American people are entitled to know the truth about their own history. I want to wish you well. I want to wish you a happy new year and talk to you in 2018.